0: what is up everybody welcome to another episode of the overstated nba show producer mikey has an event going on so he is not available tonight but after this man the king of nba twitter moved halfway across the world he is back in the eastern time zone ladies and gentlemen the return the king brett usher what is going on brother how are you doing Man, I'm I'm
1: doing I'm doing great. That's a that's a hell of an intro. No, man, it's it's great to be back on with you. Um uh, it's been been way too long and uh I it's kind of gone by quick. It's been a blur just the last, you know, 2-3 weeks just the entire moving process and kind of the way we did it has been pretty hectic, but we're kind of finally mostly settled in here on the East Coast. So, um yeah, man, this was uh yeah, it's about time. But I figured, you know, now after that after that game uh last night, that game seven, uh it's a it's a good time to to talk some hoops, man. That was um that happened.
0: <laughs> it is, it is, but I before we get into that, I gotta ask you a serious question. So for the longest time for the last couple of years, you were able to watch NBA games at like five o'clock. You know, right now we would be courting, so it's eight thirty my time. I know it's nine thirty your time, but where you were coming from, it was like four 30. So how's your ske- ske- sleep schedule looking? How was it, how was it staying up for that game? Finally, I never thought I'd see the day where you went on, you texted me and you were in the, the overstated NBA Facebook group going, this is bullshit that this game is starting this late on a, on a holiday. And I was like, Brett, I just wanted to give you a slow cap. Welcome. Welcome. Well, it's been, it's good to have you back,
1: man. Yeah. It's crazy. Like and it's because all these games have been starting at 830, at least in the Eastern Conference Finals, or, you know, I, I think the West might have even been over by the time I moved here. But um, but they've been starting at 830, which is – it's been – that's been a major adjustment. And I'm just thinking, like, next season is going to be even crazier because some there's going to be games starting at 10 my time. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it's, been, it's weird because, like <sighs> – Yeah, I mean, those games would have been starting at 2.30 p.m. in Hawaii. So, like, in a, in that sense, it's a major adjustment. But also, it's been weird, like – because that's only two 30 in Hawaii time. So like I, I'm, I've am i been having a hard time going to bed early. And then just when I kind of got adjusted to that, now I'm like, Oh shit. Like now I got to adjust to staying up late for games. So it's kind of been like two separate adjustments, but yeah, man, I, I don't love it though. I don't, I, I don't, I don't love the, the eight 30 PM starts um, on the, on the weekend and on the, the holiday Memorial day. I thought that was kind of weird. Like, why couldn't they have just started at like six or seven? Like uh, I get during the weekday, you know, but like that, that just didn't make sense. Like they were so determined to keep it uniform at eight 30 every game. But I thought it would have been cool if, you know, they had like a little late afternoon, early evening game on Memorial day or something.
0: Yeah. Well, well you talked about it. Let's get into it. I thought this was the strangest conference final. I can remember in a very long time. I thought we we talked before the season, throughout the season. I believe we talked right before the playoffs started. I thought that Boston was the most talented team left in the NBA. I thought that they were going to steamroll through these entire playoffs. I thought maybe they lose five, six games max. Well, if you, there weren't any red flags, you kind of saw them in that Atlanta series. And then you really saw them in that Philly series because I don't know how they let James Harden, for a couple games at least, right, be the James Harden of old. And then this series against Miami, losing the first two games at home and then getting absolutely walloped in game three, everyone thought that they were dead. I came on here. I said, hey, I just want everyone to know there's another game left. It's not like, you know, I I know a couple i have said this already. Some people were doing... Finals previews of Miami and Denver. And I was like, "Oh, okay, oh, that seems to be a little bit rushed. Like, this is Boston has done this before. They're consistently the most inconsistent team we've probably seen in the last two years. And then all of a sudden they battle off three straight. They have a Derek White tipping in game six on Saturday night. And myself included, I think everybody did, thought that Boston was just going to go in to the garden, win by 25. <laughs> like, thought it was going to be a pullout. And in fact, it was just the complete opposite. We know Tatum hurt his ankle in the first minute of the game. He did end up playing. I believe he played 42 games. But this was the weirdest conference final, Brett, I can remember in a while. There's an A seed. It hasn't happened since the New York Knicks in the lockout season in 1999. Granted, that team was still pretty good, a lot better than this Miami team was from from a regular season standpoint. I think there were only a couple games out, maybe six games out from the one seed that year. I've rambled enough, man. Let let's let's hear your basketball thoughts, man. We haven't heard you on a podcast in a while. Talk to me, man. Tell me what did you think of this crazy, crazy conference finals? Yeah,
1: I agree. It's one of the weirder series ever. You know, you have yeah, the eight seed going up on who a team that most of us thought was the best team in the in the playoffs, probably head, I thought so heading into it. Going up three-nothing, winning two on the road, and then you have the Celtics winning three straight winning two on the road and then yeah Miami closing it out in Boston. Um yeah man like when it was when it was 3-0 it was like I was like ready to just give up. I was I thought maybe Boston would get one like I wasn't ruling that out like they could win, you know, game 4, maybe even game 5, but I was kind of like just get it over with. Like I'm this team is so frustrating. Like I, at this point like let's just put the heat in the finals. Let's go. Like let's just let's just end it. And then seeing the Celtics, you know, get that one was kind of like, maybe. And then they get game five and I'm like, I think they're going to do this. Like I was pretty confident then. And then they get game six um, and like, they didn't shoot it well in game six, but I thought the effort was, was pretty outstanding. And like, yeah, man, I I couldn't have been more confident heading into game seven after that one. Jimmy Butler looked really tired. Um, The heat in general looked, looked pretty tired, Uh, but then, the Celtics ended up being the team that looked completely gassed in, in game seven. Miami's conditioning, like that's one thing, kind of like a trademark of their, their team is just their the elite conditioning. And I think, I guess we saw that in game seven. Like they just had, they just had a lot more juice left than the Celtics. And then I thought they would have, even if Jimmy was a little tired, like the rest of those guys were going And it, man, it was just such an impressive effort by them in game seven. Cause like. They did not look the least bit shook. Like they were ready for that moment. Like there was no jitters. There was no rust. Like they were just, they, they it's like they wanted it, man. And um, and it's the Celtics just were just kind of a mess. Kind of just the the frustrating <clears throat> team that they've been all year. Really good team, really frustrating team. Gotta admit, as kind of a Celtics fan, it's a little bit of a relief that it's just like, okay, like I don't have to be frustrated by watching them. And their inconsistency anymore it's kind of just like ah just a clean slate two fun teams two very deserving teams in the finals it should be a a fun matchup but but as far as this this last series man it was a it was a roller coaster uh to say the least um and uh you know would have liked to have seen a better effort from from tatum like you said i know he got hurt but i wanted i was thinking this watching it, it was just like man like he needs to tap into his inner Kobe. Like he need, I need to see that <laughs> for real though. Like, cause man, like the way he was just grimacing and limp, I'm like, I'm not saying he was like playing it up or anything, but like he made it very clear that he was hurt. I would have liked to have seen him uh, tough it out a little bit more. I feel like he really let it affect him and maybe it was that bad of a ankle sprain, but would he have had a subpar game regardless? I, I don't know. We'll we'll never know. But they needed a big game from Tatum, and getting hurt on the first play sucked. And, mm-hmm. and I think it got in his head a little bit. And I think you know, I mean, he was he was limping pretty good. So I, I guess you got to commend him for playing through it. But also, God, if he could have just could have just fought through it a little more and played a little better, you know, who knows?
0: Well, I mean, to to answer your question for you, I mean, this is why you. <clears throat> Don't lose four games. I'm sorry, four games. You don't lose as many home games in a series as they did, right? They lost. They lost three games at home in the in this playoff series against Miami. I think in the last two years, I want to say that they're below 500 in playoff games at home. So like this is this is nothing new, and this is why you also don't lose the first two games of the series, and you're probably not even in the situation. Um, as you know, in the conference finals, it's every other day. It, it's not. I, I'm not making excuses for him either, but the dude plays a ton of minutes. I know he's young. I know he's only 25. But, like, unfortunately, these things can happen when you, it's the playoffs, right? You're playing as hard as you can. It was a little bit of a freak injury. But this is why you take care of business early on in the series, and you wouldn't even be in this situation. Like, I I, I don't know. You know what? I do know. The, the best team won this series, and the team that was most deserving is going to the NBA Finals. I, I think Boston, we can get into them a little bit. Miami is getting all the praise and, and deservedly so. But to me, the bigger story is Boston. And not only what do they do with the two J's with this new CBA that's coming up, I think that is a serious decision that that hasn't been talked about enough. And I think now that the they're out of the playoffs, it's, it's going to get talked about a lot more. But also, why is this team the last couple of years so inconsistent? You know, I, I don't know what's going to go on with – Joey Missoula. But if they get rid of him and bring in another coach, that's going to be four coaches in four years. And they went from Brad Stevens to Ime to now uh, Missoula. And it's the same issues, right? It's just the, when they're good, they're great, right, Brett? I mean, they're they're unbelievable. I thought this year they were way too dependent on the three-point shot. But like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there because I don't have the answer. I don't know if Maybe they need a legit point guard on their team. I love Marcus Smart, but I don't know. I don't know. But like, I don't understand. This team has some real questions this offseason. If they want to win a title with this group, why are they so inconsistent at times when they need to be at their very best? I, I don't I don't know the answer to that, but I mean, it's, it's clear as day. This is three years of evidence now of this, and I don't have the answers for you.
1: Yeah. I mean... You know, Tatum is, I think he's probably like a top five, six NBA player, right? Like I, I I love I love Tatum. He's fantastic, but he is inconsistent. Like as far as superstars go, he's on the inconsistent side. He has some just awful games, some awful shooting games more than any other superstar. Um, And then Brown has been pretty consistent, but you know, he's flawed as a player, obviously the handle is what everybody's talking about, but just like the decision-making and like, it's just like in a, I think in the regular season, it's fine, but you know, in the playoffs in the conference finals, like, is he a guy that you want uh, making decisions and creating like that? And that's maybe where you would want like a more traditional point guard uh, in there to handle some of those responsibilities, especially if Tatum's not at his best. And so like, I think it, a lot of it, I think is reflective of the Jays and just, Maybe, like, Tatum's inconsistency um, as a shooter and then just Brown's kind of flaws as a player. But at the same time, man, it's like they were in the finals last year. They were yeah, yeah. W- one game away from the finals this year. Like, they, it, and you can go back, you know, pretty much the whole Brad Stevens era, I guess, ever since he's been part of the organization and look at the success that they've had. And it's like, yeah, they haven't won one, but, like, I don't know, man. Do you blow it up when you've been like, this good? Like, I, I don't – I'm not really in the blow it up. Like, I, I'd be okay with retooling a little bit, bringing in a more traditional point guard, maybe losing smart, and then certainly, like, bringing in a new coach. I would understand. I would understand keeping Missoula. I would also understand bringing in a new coach. Like, I I, I personally would understand either way. I, I don't think he was great, um, but I don't think he was bad if you look at the whole season. And, like, I, he could definitely get better. But he will get better, I think, if they stick with him. But
0: to your, to your point, Brett, since Jalen Brown's been drafted that was seven years ago, no team has won more NBA games than the Boston Celtics. Like it's it, it's a it's an interesting problem that they face, and I think that most teams in the NBA would want that problem. I, I think that if we were under the old CBA and not this new CBA, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I, I think it would be. It would be asinine to have this conversation, but since Jalen Brown made uh, the all one of the All NBA teams, you know he's eligible for a five year, two hundred and ninety five million dollar contract that would kick in the following season. But the next year, you can you have Jason Tatum because of his All NBA status, he can sign a three hundred and eighteen million dollar contract extension. That's a lot of money for two dudes, and that's two dudes that are taking up what is 80, 85% of your salary cap. So you're just, you wouldn't even have a team of Marcus Smart. It'd just be all vet minimum guys. And and that's why I think this year is so important for them. And like like I said, this wouldn't even be a question. We wouldn't even be having this conversation under the old CBA. Speaking of the new CBA, I have no idea why these players agreed to it. I don't know if they understood it, but I've been, I know this is the first time you and I have really talked about it since so we haven't been on a podcast in a while, but I've been, you know, uh, in the Facebook group a little bit on on Twitter, and talking with our mutual friends. Like, I have no idea what the players were thinking when they did this. I, I don't know if it's going to completely erase the middle class. Obviously, there's there the three <laughs> the three star teams. I think are going to be done for a little bit unless they can find a way to get creative. But just the way that these these teams are now. I don't know if we'll ever see, I I shouldn't say ever, under this new CBA, if we're going to see a multiple time NBA champion, I don't know how these teams are supposed to stick together. And I think it really fucks Boston over. And all Boston has done is do things the right way, right? They drafted Tatum, they drafted Brown, they built those guys up, coached them up. And now they're going to have two all NBA, I'm sorry, all NBA Supermax players on their team. And that's never happened in this NBA. And they're going to get penalized for it. I don't like it. You look at your squad, Orlando. Right, that's another team that could that could be possibly facing this situation. Oklahoma City Thunder in the future could be facing this situation. My team, the Bucks, are pretty much fucked. Uh, you look at Golden State; they're pretty much screwed. The Clippers, like I, I just don't understand what these players were looking at or thinking when they when they signed this deal because it's completely screws the play of the players over. Like if you're Boston, right, and and let's say you. Let's say you don't win a title, but you get to another NBA Finals, right? And and you lose, and you know you 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 have uh, Tatum and Brown, and you sign them to these massive extensions. Well, that how how do you build around them then, right? You're just basically looking at vet minimum guys. Maybe you can sign draft some rookies that are really good. Like I, I don't know, but like you're not going to have these mid level exceptions. You're not going to have any of this stuff because they'd be in the the higher tax bracket. I don't. I don't like it. I don't know what they're going to do. And it, like I said, my team, I'm not just picking on Boston here. My team's in the same boat. Like I, I have no idea what the players were thinking when they agreed to this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't love the whole super max thing. I don't love how, like, if you make an all NBA team, all of a sudden you're eligible for this. Or like, if you're John ja Morant and you don't make an all NBA team, then you're not eligible for this. like,
0: but, I, it, but, but him, but real quick, but him, John ja Morant, weirdly. Him not making All NBA helps Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Like it costs him a ton of money, but it helps Memphis out. Like right. it, it, it's not. And yeah. you know, look like, at Tatum and Brown have been Warriors. Like Jamal Murray being hurt like for two years is going to help Denver out in the long run. You know what? Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's weird. It doesn't make how sense. You look at it like that.
1: Yeah, it, exactly. It does. It doesn't really make sense though. Yeah, that like the the Grizzlies would pri- you know privately be rooting for Ja you know not to make All NBA or the Celtics probably didn't want Jalen to make All NBA like. I don't know. I, I don't. I I really don't like that component of it. Um, because you know we know who votes on these awards, and it's like, how are these people on this list like are, you know, determining, you know, millions and millions of dollars in salary, like that these teams are paying, these players are going to be making, and how these rosters are going to be constructed going forward. Like, it's like way too much hinges on a fucking all NBA team. So I, I really I'm not a fan of that. And um, but as far as like Jalen specifically, like I just. I don't I don't think he's a supermax player. Like I think supermax players like that's those are the best guys in the league. He's not one of the best guys in the league. He's maybe one of the 30 best, right? Maybe maybe 25 if you go by the all NBA teams 15, but like I'd probably say more like 20 25, but like wherever you have him, he's not one of the best. He's not on Tatum's level. He's not on Dame's level. Like so you know I I don't it's hard to say like, I don't, I'd have to look more at it in terms of like what the cap's going to look like in those seasons and what the equivalent of that would have been, you know, those last couple years or whatever, like where maybe it doesn't end up looking as bad, but like, but like this, what you described, just the crunch that they're going to be in in terms of roster building is going to be brutal. And I don't know what does the team, obviously the Celtics are the only team that can pay him that, but like, you know, does he, end up just like wanting his own team. I don't think he's that kind of player, but like, is there a scenario out there where it's like, yeah, well, let's bring in Jalen and let him run the show. Like the wizards say, or like, you know, trade him for like Brad Beal. And it's like, Jalen's the guy now, like he's our guy. And it's like, I don't think he's that kind of player, but I wouldn't be surprised if a team, you know, might see him that way. Um, or if he, if that's what he wants, he doesn't want to be in Tatum's shadow. And if the Celtics don't, don't pay him a super max, he, he wants out or something like, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if um if they do break up. I, I on, on a basketball level, I hope they don't. Like I, I think Same. the best thing the best <clears throat> thing basketball wise is for them to stick together. But obviously, there's there's other um, other factors in this. I
0: hate it, man. I, I honestly hate it. As, as a basketball fan, I hate it. As a Bucks fan, I hate it. Like I, I want to to play Boston at their best, or I want to. Pl- I would want to play Milwaukee at their best, or Golden State at their best, or the Clippers. Like I just don't understand. you you're penalizing teams for doing things the right way whether it's drafting and developing, whether it's getting someone in a trade and being on top of that, whether it's signing the right guys at the right time, creating enough cap space, having a smart GM. Like, I just don't like how you're being penalized for that. And I I think I saw something today. You know, Miami's in the same boat with their three undrafted players. You know, they're going to have to pay them. Like, but they're finding these guys. I just, I don't like it. I don't know what the players were thinking. There'll be plenty of time. To talk about that stuff this offseason. I'm sure it's going to dominate it. I think we're in for one of the craziest NBA offseasons that we've seen in quite a quite a while. I would not be surprised. Uh, you, you, know, you mentioned <clears throat> do they trade Jalen? Do they trade Jalen to Portland for the number three pick? Do they trade him to Houston? Maybe another team that we don't even think of, just any type of way to get some sort of cap relief and keep going with the, you know, yeah. the core of maybe Tatum Smart. And going that way, I don't know. I don't have the answer. But like I said, does Milwaukee trade Middleton? It's it's going to be very interesting to see what these teams do to kind of get out of this <clears throat> salary cap issue that they're in with this new CBA. But let's kind of we talked about Boston a little bit. But let's let's go into the NBA Finals. You have <clears throat> have made it known on Twitter that you are now a Jokic stan. You've loved this. You loved this game this year. I, I know we talked earlier in the season you were loving him. I know he was on your MVP radar very very early on how excited are you for just just him personally after the whole MVP I'll call it a debacle shout out to Embiid he deserved to win but just the discourse around that between Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis I thought it was disgusting I thought it was terrible I thought it was bad for the NBA to be honest with you because it was just you have to tear one player down to, to hype up your own player I didn't like any of that I thought it was kind of kind of shitty the way that it was all done but you know I think it was validation for Jokic. You know, he's been a back-to-back MVP. Could have won a third. But we we all heard. Well, oh, he's got to get to an NBA Finals. Got to get to an NBA Finals, and here he is, man. And and they beat the Lakers. It was a competitive sweep, but they still beat the Lakers. Shout out to Jokic. Kind of give give me your thoughts on Denver and kind of what what you've seen from them this playoff run.
1: Man, they've been they've <clears throat> just been outstanding. Like they've they've been dominant. Um, they've been by far the best team in this postseason. Like I don't think it's even close obviously uh Jokic has been the best player like I actually I actually think he did deserve MVP this year I I have more of an issue with the year before but like I mean they were the one seed you know most of the season and um and I mean he was better than ever so like why not give it to him this year if you already gave it to him those other two years but besides that though like yeah I've really just kind of come to appreciate him this season um but yeah, I just think the fact that we finally get to see Jokic in the finals is so cool. And it's it's already, I think, settled so much of the, oh, you can you can only go so far with this guy as your center. And that's things that I've said even in the past is like, can you win a title with this guy as your center with that lack of rim protection? Like maybe in some years in the West you you can't, but they certainly ran through the West this year. And I think he's kind of silenced all doubters and he certainly will if he wins a title. But as far as how they match up with Miami, like I think they match up. Great, um Miami has proven me wrong over and over again
0: this season. Oh, see, tell me about it, man. I'm, I'm still waiting for them to have a bad shooting game. To be honest with you,
1: it's crazy, man. Like, I mean, maybe not so much this season, but this postseason. You know, like they were about what I thought they'd be this regular season, but in, in the playoffs, like I've probably picked against them every step of the way, and yet here they are. Um, so I don't feel great about. Doubting them yet again, but I have no choice when you look at how they match up with Denver. Um, I just think Denver's got – I mean, I probably said a lot of the same things about Boston. You know, the talent advantage is just enormous. But in terms of how they match up and, and how they can uh, fare against that Miami zone, I, I really I really do like their chances. I, I think they're a fantastic team. They're by far the best team of the Jokic era. They're the best team in Denver Nuggets franchise history in my opinion um pretty easily like they've just they've constructed pretty much like an ideal team around Jokic like if you're looking for the perfect pieces to put next to Jokic like you're going to take the the elite shooter with with length and, and Michael Porter Jr and Aaron Gordon like the the outstanding defensive player and the outstanding cutter you know and you're going to take Jamal Murray like this great shot making point guard and then you're going to take KCP this 3 and D wing like pretty much prototypical in that sense like these and then even the bench guys brown and brown like these are the guys like that you need to surround jokic with and it just took them you know what how long has he been elite like four years five years now like it took four it took him four or five years but they 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 surrounded him with i think the perfect pieces and uh, i think they've probably been the best team in the league all year and and maybe i was kind of underestimating them a little bit but now that they're all back together fully healthy uh they look like a juggernaut and i think they're going to win the nba title.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I, I can't say much to re- refute that except just to add, you know, you you touched on you didn't know if a big can can win a title kind of like the, the way that jokic plays and i'd actually agree with you but i'd also add this caveat like if you're if you're going to be a big like that, you know, you're going to need a wing who's just who can create their own shots, set up for others and just be unbelievable. You know, if you can go all the way back to Shaq and Kobe, you can go all the way back to, I think Giannis and Middleton is a very good example of Middleton just being, having an unreal playoffs and unreal NBA finals. And that leads me to talk about Jamal Murray, who in these playoffs alone is averaging 27.7 points a game, 6.1 assists and 5.5 rebounds per game. He's shooting 40% from three point range. I mean, he has just been absolutely fantastic fantastic 48% from the field and just watching them. you know there's times when whenever it seems like Denver needs a bucket yes I'm, I'm Jokic is the best player not only on Denver but he's the best player in the NBA i'm not taking anything away from him but <clears throat> Jamal Murray is another guy that can create his own shot and it seemed like even against the Lakers whenever Denver needed needed a bucket or you know the Lakers were getting a little bit close you know there's Jamal Murray just hitting a big shot and i think that's so so huge and you, you could look at it with Philly and Embiid, you know, when when Philly was kind of – when they would win against Boston, James Harden would have a really good game, right? Or Tyrese Maxey would have a really good game. You know that Embiid is going to give you what he can give you, but it's those wings around him that that had to step up. And I think with Denver, you're seeing it with Jamal Murray really, really take – he, he, I don't know if we were going to have this argument maybe a couple months ago, but we now we, the argument is there that is – Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic the best duo in the NBA, right? I mean, for so yeah. long, it's I think it's been kind of Tatum and Brown. Now, have they have they taken that crown away from? Them? I mean, and that, I think that's I think, what Jamal I think, Murray has been though. Yeah,
1: no, I think Jokic is better than Tatum, and Murray's better than Brown. So, in my opinion, like, I, yeah, they're, I think they're definitely the best duo in the league. And yeah, yeah. you know, you make a good point. Like, it's easy to forget. Like, Murray missed the last two playoffs; yep. he was out for a long time, and then uh, Porter Jr. missed uh, last year playoffs too so like this team hasn't been close to full health ever ever since they assembled the the gordon porter murray Jokic um core like they really haven't we haven't seen them together and now that we are they're like okay yeah this is kind of like they're they're approaching their ceiling i think so uh and they're, and they're just big man like i said like you know obviously Jokic is massive but that porter is like is a legit 610 like aaron gordon is what 6'8 and like long and athletic and even murray is like six five at point guard K- kcp's six five six six like they're so big and i think that's where miami might run into trouble like the the bucks are obviously a pretty big team too and miami beat them but we know Giannis wasn't at his best and they were just they were out of sync Giannis missed what one or two games um so i I do think the size of the Nuggets is going to give them a lot of trouble, and also the shooting. They have so- they're so much bigger, and they have elite shooting, um, namely with Porter and and Murray and KCP. So it's like I, I just again, I-, I no disrespect to the Heat, honestly, but like I ha- I I love how Denver matches up against them, and I don't I don't love how Miami matches up against Denver.
0: I, I agree with you, and it- it's crazy to me that. <laughs> This this postseason run that they're on, they've only lost three games, Brett. They lost one game to Minnesota, two to Phoenix, and they swept the Lakers. Like if they, let's just say they, they win in five, I, I think Miami the way that they're playing, I think they're they can they can steal one of these games. Maybe they steal game yeah. one. Oh yeah, and maybe and yeah. maybe Denver wins the next four, right? But I mean, for this Denver squad to be this good, lose three games, maybe they only lose four or five games this entire playoff yep. run that they're on. Similar to what I said to open the podcast, that's what I thought we were going to get with Boston. And yep. Denver has just been nothing, nothing, nothing short of fantastic. And I'm really, really happy for Jogic. I, I really, really am. He's <clears throat> he's non-controversial. Uh, shout out to Chris Mannix for stupidly saying that the, the Nuggets weren't worth writing about. I think that's just an asinine, stupid comment. Like, there's, there's plenty of stories there. Go get the stories. That's your job. Her journalist, go get the stories. But, you know, from you and I have talked about before, from Mike Malone kind of getting screwed over in Sacramento – and finding life in Denver, I think he's been there for what eight years now. Going yep. on next year will be year nine. Like he's had a fantastic run there. You have Jokic, who's been there. Jamal Murray has been nothing short of fantastic. Your guy Michael Porter Jr. battling through injuries. I mean, we we're at one point Michael Porter Jr. was probably going to be the number one pick, right? Gets hurt, battling injuries. I think his legs are still messed up. Aaron Gordon seems to have found a home after after leaving Orlando, and just Jokic, man. I mean, I don't. I, People keep saying that he's the the best passing big in the NBA. I would double down on that and say he's just the best passer in the NBA period. Like that dude is unbelievable the way he sees the floor. He's really a point guard in a massive massive human being's body. I don't I really don't know how uh, another word to describe his game. He's just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's basketball's really easy for him. I I would describe him as the greatest offensive hub in NBA history.
0: Well, I, like that. A, I like that. Like,
1: you know what I mean? Like, I think that's a good way to define him. Um, and which me yeah, I mean, so he's he's up there, man. Like, I think if he gets a title this year, I think like it's a real discussion about who's the best player of like that generation, right? Like, cause I'd say now it's Giannis for sure. But like I think it's gonna it'll Jokic Giannis is gonna be an interesting conversation because I consider them in the same generation. I actually would say Steph was probably a generation before them if maybe they're half generations and then like obviously Braun before him, but like for that age group, guys that are kind of in their you know, 27, 28, 29 right now, like that, that discussion gets pretty interesting. So yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's unreal, man. Um, Yeah. Miami's going to have a tough time with him, but I'm glad you brought up Michael Malone though. I think that's going to be one really cool thing about this finals is that both teams are really well coached. Like Miami, like, You know, above all else, like watching them against Boston, that was what just kept this team is so well coached, whether it was just just how crisp and disciplined they are with their rotations and their closeouts and their switches and just their just the way that they can go from kind of one scheme to the next. Like they everything about them exudes being extraordinarily well coached and like obviously like Spolstra, I think getting his proper due now, like he's certainly one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best. And then um, but I think Denver, you know, I think Michael Malone, I, I don't think he's ever gotten quite enough credit for the job he's done with those teams. I think we're kind of seeing it now. And I, I just think that's gonna be such a fun um chess match in the finals. Like, I hope it's competitive. Like I hope it's not Denver in four or five. Like I hope it goes at least six. Uh I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. But uh, that's gonna be really fun to just see those coaches going back and forth and just see what okay, Miami, like you have this massive challenge in front of you now, literally massive, just this huge team that can shoot the ball. Like they're kind of built to bust zones. Um, what are you going to do to counter it? And like they've – that's how they've beaten all these other opponents is just with their scheme versatility and with their adjustments and um and with their discipline. And it's like what's that going to look like against Denver? Because this is the ultimate challenge. And, I mean, if they could somehow pull this off, man, and, and win a title – as an eight, not only an eight seed, but like an eight seed that dropped a play-in game. Dude, the Bulls, the, Bulls,
0: the Bulls were up and by almost, three with two minutes to go, man. Almost lost to the Bulls, like,
1: I, I'm I, and then lost three straight to have to win on the road in game seven in the conference finals. Like, like I said, after the game, like, it's the most improbable finals run in NBA history. That's just getting to the finals. If they were to somehow win this, man, like, that's the thing. I'm kind of rooting for Denver as, like, sort of a Boston fan. I don't, I just don't, I can't like the heat but at the same time dude if the heat do pull this off it's going to be such a great story and i'm sure you know i'm going to be pretty excited about that and pretty happy for them cuz like we're witnessing something just unbelievable that's going to live on for forever you know in nba lore so it's been it's been a wild run and um they've got their biggest challenge yet
0: and and the one thing that i really like about this heat team and i think we have to go back since jimmy butler has teamed up with eric Spolstra, right they've been to Three Eastern Conference Finals, two NBA finals. The one year that they they didn't win a playoff game was the year that Milwaukee won the title. And I I just think that when you watch the Miami Heat play, yeah, you you talked about how crisp they are. They don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over, which was surprising when when Boston was winning some of those games, the turnovers that Miami had, especially in that game, game four in the second half and game five was was very, very odd and and not the norm for them. But what I like about them, Brett, is they are just a tough tough team they do not Mm -hmm. get frazzled they will sit there and they will take punch after punch after punch and they'll be okay and 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 that that starts with Spolstra and I was thinking today too with go ahead I'm sorry go ahead
1: and Jimmy you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, I think it's it's a, it's like it's it's that it's that Jimmy mentality, but it's the heat mentality. It's, the, it's it all kind of ties together. But that that mental toughness is. I mean, they're the most one of the most mentally tough teams I've ever seen. Like certainly the most mentally tough team in in this postseason. They have to be to be where they are.
0: Yeah, it's I would double down here. and say they are they are the most mentally tough team I've ever seen. Like th- this run that they're on is probably. I think even if they don't win the title, it is the greatest run in playoff history. I've never seen anything like it. They beat the team with the best record in the NBA in round one. They beat the team with the second best record in the NBA in round two. And if they win the NBA finals, they'll beat the third the team with the third best record in the NBA. That's insane. But what I was going with though is with all these coaching firings, I mean, everyone's kind of heard my thoughts on Bud. I didn't like it. I understood it. I would have brought him back, but that's neither here nor there. You have Doc Rivers get fired. You got Monty Williams get fired. Monty Williams in, in his time there was the winningest coach in the NBA from a regular season standpoint, it's, and I immediately was thinking back today when, you know, Pat Riley handpicked Eric Spolstra. Uh, They get LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. And a couple of those guys went to Pat Riley and said, Hey, would you consider coaching? And we get rid of Eric Spolstra. Like if Pat Riley would have said yes to that. And do we even know who Eric Spolstra is anymore? Does he get a job right away? Is he a bench guy? Like he is not Eric Spolstra. And I think that is so valuable. And I hope that these GMs and these owners kind of understand this, you know, like there, there is something to say for longevity. You know, you have it in San Antonio with Greg Popovich, like there's a standard there, right? There's a standard in Miami. I think if Mike Malone wins a title, like I don't see him going away anytime soon, right? There's a standard there. There's a standard in golden state, like only one team wins the NBA finals. You know, I've obviously been been through this with, with my team, but like, there's no shame in, in losing, in the Eastern conference finals, you know, we were talking about Boston a little bit earlier, like, Hey man, since Jalen Brown's been drafted, you've won more games than anybody else. Like, yeah, it sucks, man. You haven't won an NBA finals, but like you've been there, you've been to multiple Eastern conference finals. You're giving yourself a shot. And I think in this new NBA with this new parody, that's going to be going on. That's already started. you, You want the best shot possible to do that. I'm not sure that getting rid of a coach like that, is the smartest way to go. Like Eric Spolstra is going to be a lifer in Miami. And I just always think back, like what if, shout out to Pat Riley, seriously, for like having the fortitude and the, and recognizing it like, hey, this dude is special. We're building something here. He embodies what what I want to do here. And he's an extension of me, right? Because everyone remembers Stan Van Gundy when he got rid of Stan Van Gundy, came down from the sidelines, won the NBA title. He did not do that again. And I that that's a shout out to him. And that's just a, a, such a, fork in the road moment for not only the miami heats history but nba history as well
1: yeah and i mean the celtics could be in a similar situation now like does does brad stevens see missoula as an extension of him or is it like i I know that's going to be interesting to see where they go with that man like because you could look at it a couple different ways uh and yeah man i think spolster like I, i felt like he didn't get enough credit with those those heatles Teams, I think it's just funny because you can have – you have these super talented teams like those Miami teams with LeBron and it's like if they win, it's like the players just get credit. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, they won because they have fucking LeBron and D-Wade and Bosh. But like there's been a lot of mega talented teams like that that haven't had that kind of success. And so I think when those teams do win, even when they're loaded with talent – you got to look at the coach because look what he's done after that and the way he's maximized his teams after that. Like, yeah, it turned out he was a pretty damn good coach, but at the time everyone was like, well, anybody could win with this team, but maybe not. And, um, and yeah, the, the amount of success that he's had with Jimmy Butler has just been crazy considering the talent level they have. And like, that's just another element of them being so well coached, like beyond just what they do on the court and like in the mental toughness that you talked about, but also just the fact that, you they're getting the most out of all these guys and that's with all the undrafted stuff and and Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent and everybody it's like you're getting so much out of these guys so like when you look at them on paper and you look at where they were drafted it's like there's no way this team could compete with the Celtics or the Nuggets but like when you have maximized all those guys it's another story and and that's just what we've seen in the playoffs like they're not they don't sniff this success without Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent stepping up the way that, that they have even like Heywood Highsmith at times. And like, um, Max you know, Struce, Duncan Robinson, like they, they, they just don't get here without those guys. Like Jimmy could not do it by himself as great as he's been. And, um, and again, that just, I think a lot of that speaks to Spo man. Like that's a, that's the mark of a great coach is getting the most out of your players. And I think the heat are a shining example of that.
0: And, and you know what, Brett? I'm glad that you touched on that because I think too often we we put on. I think the the Boston Celtics. I think this is for them to win a title. I think this is what they're missing. You know, it's being disciplined, playing hard, uh, being smart. Like that's that's all a skill. You know what I mean? Like those are skills that you maybe you learn over time. But like they're not athleticism skills or not. Hey, this is how I shoot the ball. Like just being mentally tough. That's a skill, man. Like that is a very, very hard skill in the NBA to possess, to have, to practice at. And that's why, you know, you maybe you kind of see the same players that are always going to NBA finals. And that, that's like, if, if, if maybe, I don't know, I don't know because like I said, Denver has lost three games all postseason and we really haven't seen them tested. But I think if there's one thing that Miami definitely has an advantage of over Denver is mentally tough man you are not going to break that team like they can get punched in the mouth and they're just going to keep coming and coming and coming yeah. But with that said man i, I know we got to get out of here give, give me your nba finals prediction i know you said denver denver and how many games do you think oh man
1: i'm gonna go five denver and five six wouldn't surprise me uh four or seven would Surprised me greatly. Denver losing, I can't even fathom. But bro, I would have said that about the Heat and the Celtics. So, so who knows? But I'll say, I'll say Nuggets in five, man. What about you?
0: I, I think Denver in six. I I would be That's surprised true. if this went seven. I hope it goes seven games. Like I hope me we too, make, me too. I hope we could just get a a back and forth. Like every game's close. I actually think there's a good chance that Miami wins Game One. They haven't lost a Game One. They've all been on the road. They haven't lost one this entire postseason. I think that they're coming in hot. I do think there's something to be said that Denver hasn't played at this point in nine days. I think they could come out a little rusty, expect them to come back in game two. uh, And maybe Miami steals one in Miami. I shouldn't say steals one, wins one in Miami. And then Denver kind of takes control of this series. I think the the key for me, I think Jimmy's going to bring it, but the key to me, if Miami wants to win this series, it's going to come down to bam. I know that he struggled against Jokic in the past, but like he he's got to play BAM basketball, right? I I don't – I argued this with with Mikey on, on one of the pods that we did. I, BAM is never going to be, you know, what everyone wants him to be, that 28-18, you know, defensive monster, right? Like he's just going to be really good at defense and he's going to be a little bit of inconsistent at offense at times. But I, if Miami wants to win this series, BAM has to be like, I think, 20, 23 points a game and really being aggressive, having the offense run through him, get off to hot starts. But I I – I don't think there's any shorter storylines, man. I think people forget that two years ago, this team got into almost a massive brawl uh, when Jokic pushed one of the Morris yeah. twins to the ground. Like there's there's some history here, man. And this, mm-hmm. from a, if you're a basketball nerd, man, this is a series for you. If you're a basketball casual, I promise you there's enough good storylines. Everybody I think at this point knows Jimmy Butler. And if you don't know Nikola Jokic, he's the best player in the world right now. Like there's, there's no I mean, denying that.
1: It, it, and the thing is, but with those guys, like it, it, just the fact that we're either going to see Jimmy win his first ring or Jokic win his first it's ring. These, these these guys are, are very prominent characters in the NBA of the last five years anyway, and a little bit beyond with Jimmy. But like just just getting one of the, seeing one of those guys win their first title is going to be dope mm-hmm. either way. I, and, and I'm with you, man. I'm just I really I'm just rooting for a good series. Like I don't have any real rooting interest in this. Like I, I think I like Denver better, but like maybe just because they're. <laughs> more fun to watch but uh, you know you can't really go wrong with this and I just I hope it goes six or seven I really do but I I can't wait man when does it start was it Thursday
0: Thursday, man Thursday Thursday it's gonna be a little late for you Brett I'll be I'll be texting you making sure you're up but it's gonna be a little bit late for you
1: (laughs) I'll be drinking coffee man I'm not missing a a minute of this one
0: Brett if there's one thing in the world there's death taxes and you watching the NBA finals man I, I would never ever doubt that but man 7.30 for me and 8.30 for you. And this is crazy because in the past, dude, these games used to start at eight o'clock. So that would be nine o'clock your time. That's crazy. (laughs) I
1: don't know how people do it, man. Like last time I lived on the East coast, I was, you know, 18, 19. Like, so it was a little different, like staying up, you know, all night watching basketball was easy back then I could sleep in and stuff, but now having to wake up at five or six every morning, it's like, I'm feeling the crunch a little bit with these games. I'm not complaining, but uh, in some ways it's nice. I think once I get used to it, like everybody's kind of asleep, my wife and son, and I can kind of watch them in peace and everything like that. It's going to be cool. But, uh, but yeah, man, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. The coffee will be flowing uh, for the finals and then I'll be, I'll be ready to go for next season.
0: (laughs) I fucking love you, Brad. I fucking love you, man. It is so good to talk to you. We'll be back on. We got the B league squad dropping a podcast. I think that'll be available on Thursday. They'll be doing their NBA Finals predictions, but I think they're also going to do a role player NBA Finals draft edition. It's going to be fantastic. Expect a lot of content out of us. Brett's crushing it on Twitter. For myself and Brett, we are back, baby. We will see you guys soon. Peace.